Hello and welcome to the We Love Betting podcast. Hello guys, my name's Mark O'Hare here hosting again. I'm joined once more by Tom Love and Jack Landon to bring you the fourth and final anti-post preview uh, from the Wheeler betting team in association with Gambler. This time it's League Two. Um, looks a, a cracking renewal once more, Tom. League Two is a league you will know pretty well, uh, and I don't mean that in a disparaging sense to the Bradford <laughs> supporters. Um, often it's quite often unfairly labelled a, a long ball league, an attritional league, but uh, last season you looked at the teams who got promoted, Crew, Plymouth and Swindon, uh, they all went really well, playing really good, attractive attacking football. So, in your eyes, is the landscape changing? Is the league modernising in League Two? A hundred percent, yeah. I think I think we're seeing that, as you mentioned last year. And I think those teams are just thinking, well, if we can be really fluid going forward and um, kind of attack teams in in a way where you're putting the ball on the ground, then the defenders aren't mobile enough to keep up with that. I mean, if you're gonna be a long ball team um, you're kind of playing into the hands of the defenders as well so uh, yeah I think it definitely is but one thing to mention is um, those those three teams all had uh, decent pitches to play on a lot of teams don't I mean um, just just from my perspective at Bradford I mean I can remember seasons gone by when we had Stuart McCall as our manager in our second spell and it kind of went a bit wrong for him in the winter, but that's just because he couldn't get the ball down and play the football that he wasn't that he wanted to on our pitch because it's a it's a bit of a shambles when uh, the bad weather comes. So if you've got the propensity to play well uh, and you you've got a decent pitch, then it does help. Um, but yeah, I think a, a few of these teams struggle when they do go to the to the likes of Newport or Bradford or any, any of these places where the pitches aren't too good. So, um, yeah, I think I think you've got to have a few things play into your hands to make it work. But really, the defences aren't, aren't too good at this level, I've got to be honest. And if you've got uh, mobile attackers who can all link up really well, like Swindon did uh, and like Crew did and, and Plymouth to some extent, um, then you're kind of onto a winner. And really... It, it kind of stems from, I can remember a couple of years ago, the defenders were that bad that it, if you just pressured them, that you, you they're going to make a mistake. And if you've got a fast, nippy striker who can do that, um, they're kind of through on goal like that. So, um, yeah, it's just about taking advantage of the pretty poor defences, if I'm honest. And uh, if you can do that, um, you've got a great chance of going up. Some really good points there, particularly the pitches. Uh, something to bear in mind, one of those kind of in, uh, intangibles really when we get into the winter where it's not really factored into the price when teams are going to the, as you say, the likes of Newport when it's cold and sloppy and the pit, the ball's not running at all. So something to bear in mind, certainly a few months down the line. Um, Jack, over the past few seasons, <clears throat> we've obviously seen uh, how important finances are in the EFL and, and how penalties handed out can, can be quite harsh. And I think that's something we probably need to assess in terms of the relegation markets in EFL, particularly in League Two, uh, as well as the Championship and League One, obviously. But presumably the, the financial positions of, of teams who could struggle has to be considered along with their footballing ability this season. Yeah, it does, unfortunately. It skews the markets a bit. And, and you know, it's sad because, you know, we when we're looking at these markets, we want to really be focusing on, on the football side of things rather than the off-the-field stuff. Um you know, as you mentioned on, on on the last pod, that not all of the bookies, as a result of, of some of the teams um, being in such sorry states, uh, are offering odds on on relegation, which is a shame because it, it um, means you're a bit limited on on some of the prices available. And um, you know, over the summer we've seen uh, you know all the goings on at clubs like Wigan and, and Charlton, and you know, recent months South End as well. Uh, you know, real sorry states and trying to desperately avoid becoming the next Berry. Um, you know, of course, the salary cap should uh, should help prevent some of uh, the problems that they had uh, in the future. But um, it certainly wouldn't surprise me if more, more clubs uh, this season, particularly in League Two, fall into administration, which is a real shame. And, um, you know, from a betting point of view, it's not nice to, to have to do to sort of keep an eye on 
all the off the field stuff, but um, there could be some opportunities during the season to to take advantage of uh, some some teams that maybe have started well and then financial constraints sort of stricken them and um, you know they have to sell one or two key players um, in January and it, it makes for an alarming potentially alarming slide down the table in the second half of the season. Um, you know, and a lot of these clubs as well were in um, difficult financial positions even before the the pandemic as well. So that's that's only added to to the pressures uh, with with no fans coming through the door and you know, having to sort of pay for you know testing the players and you know it's all going to have an impact on how much uh, cash they've got available to to um, pay a squad of players and to keep the club running. So. Yeah, unfortunately, it does it does have an impact, um, but you know, there's, it means that there are some there are some value selections available as well. So um, it can be a good and a bad thing from a betting point of view. Yeah, I have a feeling the the two of us are aligned in one of our selections, particularly in the in the relegation markets. But uh, before then, a bit of housekeeping. Um, the Wheel of Betting season preview was completed earlier this week. Uh, all our content is now live. Uh, that's well over 40 preview pieces, well over 50,000 words from a range of contributors, including myself, Jack and Tom. Uh, it was quite laboursome putting together, so I'd love you to go and have a little look at it. Uh, tell us what you think, and if you disagree or agree with some of our selections, uh, I'm all ears. But uh, before we do get into the bets, we've also got something quite special that's launching later this week. Uh, Jack, Tom and I are putting our heads together on a brand new project called Wheeler Betting Gold, WLB Gold. It will be a member service that features the very best of what we do on social media, as well as on the, the Wheeler Betting site, uh, taking out our best daily recommended bets, our pointers, our insights, the necessary stats and trends to look out for, basically all our top level analysis that you've seen us uh, produce over the past couple of years will be included each day. And there's many more plans up our sleeve as well to improve the service in the near future too. So something to look out for. We'll be releasing details on Thursday with the service starting from Friday in time for the opening weekend of the new season. Something we're all very excited about. We've worked very hard towards and we'd love to get you on board. Uh, looking forward to the new season with a new project too. So that's out of the way now. Um, at the time of recording, looking at League Two, we've got Bolton as quite short favourites, 5-1. to one. Salford also quite short, 13 to 2. Mansfield 11s, Exeter 12 to 1. Tramia 14 to 1. Port Vale 16s, Cheltenham 16s. Forest Green and Bradford 18 to 1. Um, Jack, I'll come to you first. We've got nine sides shorter than 20 to 1 in the betting. Two clear front runners according to the market. How are you approaching the, the League Two winner and promotion markets? And are either of those two well fancy sides by the bookies uh, top of the market for you too? Um, I think if you look at the front runners, for me, Bolton, uh, the prices available just aren't convincing enough to make me want to part ways with some cash on them, if I'm honest. Um, you know, they've had a big turnover in players over the summer, which was needed, I think. But considering the, you know, the, the situation they were in for much of last season, um, you know, Sarsovic has come in, which is is a great signing. Um you know, in Doyle should get goals at that level, but it depends, I think, on how they use him. Um, you know, they've had quite erratic results in pre-season, which was, I guess, uh, not too uh, not too surprising considering the the turnover of players um, that have come in and out. Um, they have added some experience, the likes of Matt Jilks and Alex Baptiste, um, and I, I would expect them to finish in and around the top three, but. Like I say, I wouldn't want to back them for the title at those prices, particularly because I think it's quite a quite a step up for for Ian Everett to take um, from from Barrow. So uh, I'd probably keep uh, keep a watching brief on them. Um, Salford, I, I would give a better chance to. Um, I think their recruitment's been been excellent. Um, you know, they got the keeper in from from St Mirren, uh, Hladky, I think it is. Um, well, he's probably the best goalkeeper in a division if you if you look across the squads. Um, he was really highly uh, rated north of the border. Um, but when Jordan Turnbull from from Northampton, he was superb there. Um, watched him sort of come through the ranks at Southampton. Um, really sort of good on the ball and, and uh, decent in the air as well. Um, brought in Ashley Hunter, who, who did well in in League One. Um, 
and uh, Ian Henderson, who who will you know should score plenty at uh, this level. Um, and you know got some good protectors in front of the back four. Um, you know Jason Lowe to to add to sort of Darren Gibson, Richie Tell, um, and plenty of options at the top end of the pitch. But probably need to add one or two more, particularly in in midfield, where I think they need more of a, a kind of a more of a number eight or a number ten. Um, and I'm not entirely convinced whether Gareth Alexander is really the the man to to get them over the line and take them to the next level. Um, so I think the prices on them is uh, probably about fair. Um, the side that I that I really like and that, that fell just short last season is Cheltenham. Um, I think they're quite big at sixteen to one for the title. Um, certainly worth an each way poke, I think. Um, probably my favourite bet for them is for them to be the, the top seven team, which is it was five to one with Sky and it's coming to come into fours now. But I still think it's um it's worth a go. Um you know that, that second leg performance in, in the playoff semi was probably their only real blight on the season, to be honest. Um and if they can shake off that that hangover quite quickly and then get going again, um then uh, I, I think they could certainly certainly ch- be in around the top seven and maybe even challenge for the top three or and potentially the title. Obviously, they lost Ryan Broom, but most of that squad is still together, so they've they've got an element of stability. Um, I've added Andy Williams up front, who's you know uh, certainly would do a job at this level. Um, and Alfie May, I'd expect more from him this season. He scored six in twelve um, last time out, so. Then keep him fit. Um, you know, I think he could uh, could even be with a shout for for top goal scorer as well. Um, and defensively, they're absolutely superb last season. You know, for me, Bentos is probably one of the best defenders in the division. Um, obviously, that contributed to them conceding ten less than any other team last year. So, um, you know, they say that goals win games and defenses win championships. So, um, if they can keep up that defensive record, um, then then I think they'll certainly. Uh, be amongst the front runners, so yeah, I really like them. But an each way poke for sixteen to one for the title, that's with Bet three six five. Um, but also the to be the top seven team at four to one, which is with Sky Bet. Yeah, certainly, I, I like Cheltenham too. I think it's uh, it's all about how they react to that playoff semi final defeat, which was was quite shocking actually, considering the lead they did have. But a uh, yeah, massive appreciation to the job that Michael Duff has done down there. As you say, defensively, they're so sound, so difficult to beat. Um, they've got a host of attacking options as well to complement their style. Uh, they might not be the, the same sort of adventurous uh, team that attacks with reckless abandon like some, but uh, they're very sort of method- methodical about how they are about their business. Um, I certainly think they'll be up there or thereabouts. Uh, I also like the look at Port Vale, who came very close to a playoff place last season. There's a real sort of consistency and a feel-good vibe around that club right now. Uh, a very similar squad to last season. The coaching system remains in place, very calm behind the scenes. Uh, they were very decent against the league's best teams last year. Um, it's very solid foundations to work from. Probably missing a little bit of um, uh, a little bit of something in forward areas, but uh, I do expect them to challenge, at least for the top seven. Uh, and then I think Mansfield, um, who no one's really talking about, but their price is, is still quite short. It's a, it's a lot bigger than it was 12 months ago, where they absolutely bombed out. Uh, I think a lot to do with the the coaching issues there behind the scenes. Um, but Graham Coughlin's had a long time now to get his feet under the table there, cleared out a lot of dead wood. He doesn't take too messing around, too much messing around. Graham Coughlin, he's a he's a hard character. He's reshaped things a lot behind the scenes, and they've got such a strong squad at their disposal as well. Uh, I really liked what he did at Bristol Rovers, and I think he might be the man to finally knit that team together and produce a, a bit of a challenge. So uh, there's three teams that I like. Uh, Tom. <coughs> We talked off air previously, <coughs> excuse me, about Bolton's price. Uh, I know you're not so keen on them either. Uh, I'm not too. They could easily, you know, piss this league if things go well for them. But uh, you know, for me, uh, it's going to take time to turn things around, slip into what Ian Everett wants to do, his preferred way of playing. I think if you look at the job he did at Barrow, obviously worked minor miracles there, but it it did take them time to get going. I think they finished tenth in his first season uh, before kind of turning things around. So. Uh, I know you're not too keen on Bolton, so where's your money going at the top end of League Two? 
Yeah, I'm not keen on Bolton at all. Um, just just on them, I, I watched Saw them first hand, didn't you, at the weekend? Yeah, exactly, mate. I've seen the full game there, and it's obviously just one game. I mean, you can't take too much from it, but it just looked like they couldn't get Doyle in the game. I can't remember it. I don't think he even had a shot in the entire game. Um, the defence looked very gettable, and they, they tried to play out from the back, and the players just didn't look comfortable at all. Um, you got three kind of lumps there with George Taft and Santos and Alex Baptiste, who's getting on. They're not the quickest. I mean, I could see what Stuart McCall was trying to do in that game. I mean, getting the ball and spinning in behind the uh, the two centre-halves on the left-hand side, Baptiste and Taft. They've got no pace about them at all. And Everett kind of brought that up in the post-match interview saying that the centre-house couldn't cope with our front two and uh, a lot of people have been kind of laughing at the front two that we've got at the minute. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not on board with Bolton at favourites at all. I think they're, a, they're priced up kind of on the fact that they are Bolton and it's a big club and probably a bit on the fact that Ian Everett got Barrow up last season. Uh, but you've got to remember... Ian Everett did have a time before that with Barrow and they finished kind of bottom half, I think. So um, it's it going to take time for him to implement what he wants to do. And even then, it might not work if you, if you can't get the right players in. And if you can't get Doyle uh, like Wellens can get Doyle, then um, there's pretty much no point having him in the team. I mean, a lot of people will be raving about him. I mean, he's favourite for the top goal scorer market, which we'll touch on in a bit, but... I can't be having him because you, you're not going to get the most out of him in this formation. You've got to have decent players in behind him like Swindon did last year and really play to his strengths. And uh, they just couldn't get the ball in dangerous areas, Bolton. So, yeah, I'll be swerving them at the prices. I mean, Jack's touched on my, my bet already. Cheltenham, 10-3 uh, to three for promotion. I do like the top Southern club as well, which he put up. Um who are they yeah. in the in the same group with the? You've both mentioned it now. Who's in who's in that group? Presumably South End. Uh, I'm trying to think who else is is in that same group. The top uh, Southern ex, group. Ex, Exeter, Forest Green, uh, Cambridge might be in there as well. Yeah, Cambridge, Cambridge. Newport. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I, I do think that they'll they'll all finish above all of them. To be honest, I'll just do my one to twenty first today, and I had Cheltenham at the top of that. So. Yeah, I've, I think 10 to 3 is fair on them. Again, I, I mentioned that defences is going to really play a big part. Um, and I just think that they, their defence was so good last season. I mean, they conceded 10 fewer than the second best defensive team, which was Colchester, um, which is an impeccable feat. And Mike Duff, obviously, he worked at uh, Burnley before this, um, kind of a centre-half by trade. And he was... Um, he did. He's probably learnt from the Sean Dyche methods, and um, he's really implementing that at Cheltenham. I see a lot of similarities, uh, but they do like to get the ball on the floor now and again. They're not all that direct. Um, I really liked the the team last season in midfield. I mean, Ryan Broom's gone on, which is a bit of a blow. I do think they need a, an attacking midfielder to kind of link play, um, but I do like Circum and Connor Thomas in midfield. They're steady. Um, Alfie May, I'm expecting a lot from him this season. Um, they've signed Andy Williams, who's kind of a um, a mainstay at this level. He, he always manages to do a job. So they're solid at the back. They've got decent players up front who have played in League One for a lot of the time. Um, and they've been there last season. And I don't see any reason why they can't kick on again this season. I mean, it, it might have affected them, that defeat. I mean, I. I'd have expected them to go up by the playoffs when I was looking at the teams who were in there, but um, wasn't to be. Um, but Cheltenham, yeah, would be my pick for promotion at 10-3. to 3. I do think Tramia will be up there as well. I think they're a, another team quite similar to Cheltenham, but pretty solid in all areas. Picked up Jay Spearing, which is a, an inspired signing for me. A lot, a lot of Bradford fans are wanting him at Valley Parade. And um, James Vaughan's obviously gone there. Um, local lad, he he'll, he he knows that he can deliver there, um, and they've got a couple of other options up front. Very solid defence with Manny Mont and uh, Sid Nelson, a couple of other decent centre halves there too. 
So, yeah, they've got a lot of options of Tramia, and I do think they'll be up there as well. But, again, the price is um, not quite for me. So, I think at the prices, Cheltenham would be my bet for promotion at 10-3, to especially the fact that you're getting four places here rather than three. I I do think um, you've got to take that into consideration when you're looking at these prices. They are naturally going to be a bit shorter. Um, I'd probably have Cheltenham around five to two here, so 10 to three looks like a good thing. Really good stuff. So all three of us all kind of giving ticks in the box to Cheltenham, which is always good to hear. So we'll move on to uh, clubs outside the promotion picture who we think might overachieve. We're talking... Top seven finishes, top half finishes, match bets, handicaps, that sort of thing. Um, I like the look of Walsall to have an improved season this time around. Uh, I'll come back to you, Tom. Where's your? Where are you going for your your underrated overachiever? Yeah, well, I have been raving about them all all summer. To be honest, it's Morecambe who are pretty <laughs> much priced up as the uh, the worst team in the league every single season, and they they managed to outdo what the odds suggest. But I think they'll really kick on and and put their price to shame really and I think um seven to two for the top half it was four to one with Hills earlier seven to two now being shipped in I actually backed them uh Skybet were doing a, a deal where you could get four teams if you back them each way for the title and they were two hundred to one mark so I just had to have a bit of that. That's gone as well um unfortunately. But I I still think seven to two for top half finish represents a bit of value. Just because I'm I'm looking at the state of the league and it, it's really not a good league. You don't have to be a good team to finish in the top half of the table. Um, but I do think Markham will be a good team. So I really do fancy them this season, um, mainly because they've got Derek Adams as manager. And if you just have a, a little look into his background and what he's done at his previous clubs, it's a phenomenal feat what he's achieved. I mean, he was at Ross County in the Scottish Championship. Uh, when he came in, once he got his team sorted, he actually went on a 34-game unbeaten run, which is unbelievable. You don't hear about that enough for me. Um, got them up with plenty of room to spare up into the Scottish Premiership. And then first time in that league, they finished fifth and just one point off fourth. So they were that, they were that close to Europe from being playing the likes of I don't know, Dumbarton and... Alloa, uh, and they could have been playing the likes of AC Milan. Um, so, yeah, ma- massive kudos to him for that. Got a move to Plymouth. Um, did really well there after a season. Uh, got them um, into the playoff final. Uh, they lost out to AFC Wimbledon, didn't they? Um, tough game, that. Uh, but then they came back. They showed the resolve and uh, got up the next season. And then in League One, they finished in seventh, just outside of the playoffs. So it's just year-on-year improvement whenever he's in charge, and I'm expecting that again this season. Um, Markham, quite quite unfashionable. Um, they don't tend to splash the cash because they don't really have too much, but I think that they've, they've either been injected with a bit of money or they've been extremely savvy in the transfer market this season because... Uh, the likes of Ben Pringle coming in, I really like him. Um, always good whenever I see him play. Um, he's getting on a little bit now, but he'll he'll add experience, you know, quality, creativity too. Good, really good crosser of the ball. Um, and they've got uh, three or four options up front who can all interchange. I think they'll they've got quite a deep squad to say it is Markham. Um, they've brought in Kelvin Meller who was at Bradford. He didn't do too good at Bradford, but um, under Derek Adams at Plymouth, he actually got into the uh, team of the season that year when they did go up. Um, so, yeah, there's plenty to like about them. I really like Phillips, who's come in from uh, Burnley on loan. Scored the other day. I'm expecting him to have a real, really good season. and um, I expect him to probably be playing in the uh, Championship, if not League One, uh, next season. So, uh, they've been quite quite clever in what they've done in the loan market. They've got a, a lad, Carlos Mendes Gomez, who can add that spark going forward, which they've often lacked. Um, and the fact that there's no crowd um, for the majority of this season, or, or so we presume, I think that that will play into the, the hands of the smaller clubs, if you will, um, who are kind of used to crowds of two, 3,000 rather than those who are used to uh, five figures. So, yeah, Markham, 
don't have to do that well to finish in the top half, but I think they'll do better than that. The 10 to 1 for the top seven, um, I couldn't put you off that. Again, that's been clicked in a little bit, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I'm mad keen on Markham, um, as I've mentioned in a lot of my previews. Uh, the other team that I do like are Grimsby. Um, they've not done too much in the transfer market. I know Ian Holloway has been really trying to bring people in, but the financial issues have kind of hit them quite hard. But I do think that they've got a basis of a good squad there, and I really like Holloway and what he can do. Um, from what I've heard in interviews with players who've uh, played under Holloway, he's very relaxed. He, he kind of uh, opts for kind of an old-fashioned way of going about getting players, um, c- kind of working on the team spirit, going out for days out and stuff like that, uh, making it quite a carefree zone. I think players love that especially in the lower leagues. They don't want to take it extremely seriously. And uh, he, he can really get a, a good good mood going there. We saw that towards the end of last season when he came in. Their uh, in, uh, performances really improved. Their results improved as well. James Hansen actually got the best rating on who scored last season out of any player in League Two, which was a bit of a surprise to me. But uh, obviously doing everything right. Uh, obviously know him from his Bradford days. He's a terrific uh, target man. Whoever's going to be playing off of him will um, be buzzing about that. I do think they could do with another striker, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I do like the uh, the players that they've got there in the first 11. I think the defence is decent enough. And I, I just think they can outperform the odds. They're 17-10 to 10 for the top half, 5-1 to one for a top seven finish. So two teams that I think will... Um, overachieve it's two of the more depressing areas of the UK Grimsby and Markham but I'm expecting them to uh, shine bright this season nicely done um, you have been banging that Morecambe drum all summer so uh, everybody listening uh, if Morecambe go well you know where to go uh, come May because he'll be quids in um, Jack anything for you standing out in terms of overachievers this season yeah uh, I really like uh, Exeter Um you know, there's a couple of ways you could you could bat them in. I mean, they're they're five to four for the the top seven, which yeah, I'd have liked a bit bigger if I'm honest. Um, you know, if you're more brave, you could you could bat them for promotion. But um, you know, they released a lot of experience in the summer, um, so you know they're going to be relying on youth uh, more than ever now, really. Um, but it kind of echoes of crew a little bit um, from last season, you know always play decent football down there and um you know if they can if they you know if they can get those young players playing well together then um then I think they certainly could challenge for for the playoff spot um I was a bit uh, surprised they let Aaron Martin go at centre half um but I think it's probably more of a money decision um I suspect they had to sort of trim the wage bill a little bit but he was he had a really good campaign last time around um and you know something that's important to note as well. Obviously, Ollie Watkins is is just uh, sounds like you're going to Villa for for big money, and and um, you know extra are going to get a sell on fee from him, which uh, you know, certainly should boost the uh, the funds that that might be available to bring in. It'll be their record one. record ever sale if it goes through. If, if yeah. figures reported are being mentioned. Yeah, so you know that that's only going to help the uh, the budget. You know, even if it's not. Um, you know, this this time around, and maybe in January to to buy the sort of one or two players they may be short of uh, at the moment. But um, you know, the Rory McArdle signing is a sort of necessary one to to add that experience uh, back into the into the defence. Um, got plenty of midfield creativity. Um, sort of a nice balance throughout the squad. You know, Randall Williams is is one of the best uh, players in this league and. Um, be interesting to see where they deploy him this season if they maybe push him a bit further forward because he was obviously a, a right back for, for quite a stretch but I, I think he can um, certainly impact things in the final third if they play him in more of a, uh, a sort of wide midfield role um, I know he's attracted interest from from the championship um, I think even Brentford had a bid projected for him the other week um, and you know it Maybe they need some more goals at the top end of the pitch. Ryan Bowman, um, Ryan Bowman's a you know good checked in with 14, uh, 14 goals last season. I think they need Nicky Jose to to step up this time around. You know he is capable. 
from a sort of talent point of view, but um, didn't get too many opportunities last season, but they're going to need his goals if, if they want to challenge for the top seven. Um, so, you know, that's one side that I would maybe consider. Um, but as well as that, you know, I, I'm well on the Morecambe train as well. Um, you know, I really like that 7-2 for top half finish. Uh, I think their recruitment's been amongst the best in the division this summer. Um, obviously, their big problem was at the back last season, conceded the most goals in the division. Um, but they've added Harry Davis, uh, Nathaniel Knight-Percival, Stephen Hendry in there as well. So that that should help them shore up the defence a bit more. Um, Tom mentioned Brent, Ben Pringle coming in. You know, he's got a superb technique. Um, should really give them more of a threat from set pieces with his delivery. Um, you know, they needed a change from... Jim Bentley, uh, you know, he, he did a terrific job while he was there, and uh, you know, but the change was necessary. Um, they needed a fresh face in the in the club, and to get Derek Adams in last season it was a real coup. Um, he's a superb coach. Uh, you know, as Tom mentioned, he did really well at Ross County. You know, got them to the the cup final, and you know, at Plymouth obviously got promoted from this division, and you know, very nearly, um, yeah, had a real real good go in League One as well. They weren't, weren't too far off um, making that jump to the championship as well. So um, I think he's one of the best coaches down in this division. So uh, I think he'll really get a lot out of this squad. Um, obviously lost, lost Kevin Ellison, um, who, you know, about 90 years old, kept going and <laughs> kept popping <laughs> up with with the odd goal. And, um, you know, you see it on the, the highlights programme every week, like how on earth is that guy still playing? But, just signed um, a new deal, hasn't he, elsewhere at Newport, I think. Yeah, really- yeah, that, I, I, he could suit them really well, actually, I think. But, um, but you know, dear Garago in the in the middle of the park, he's, he's not pretty, but he sort of keeps things ticking over. My only concern would be maybe goals. Um, you know, Cole Stockton and AJ Leach-Smith, they're, they all, they're all round games, decent. Uh, you know, they all work really hard at the top end of the pitch, but maybe don't find the net enough um but you know it's not all the, the goals is not uh, you know such a massive part of their game it's more what they bring to the team um but yeah i certainly think they they were you know they've been underrated by the bookies i think the, the they always tend to price more come up just based on the size of the club and their budget um when you know in previous years looking at the squads it was maybe fair enough but this time around with um with the depth they brought in um, and uh, the manager they've got in charge, um, you know, I, I think the top half finish is, is more than achievable. So yeah, seven to two is uh, is a good way to go. Loads of love for Morecambe from the boys. Uh, I can certainly see why with Derek Adams in charge, a real coup to bring him in after Jim Bentley left earlier in the year. So, or even last year, I should say. Uh, Grimsby and Exeter, the two other teams, the guys reckon might overperform this year. So we're going to drop down to the relegation market. I'm not going to moan about the lack of markets or the lack of uh, firms pricing up these markets anymore. Uh, as I said, it's frustrating and disappointing, but well done to those that have provided some prices for us. Uh, looking down the market, uh, Morecambe are joining Oldham at the top of it, joint 92 favourites to be relegated. Steve Ridging. Say again, Tom. Stupid. <laughs> I'd agree. I'd agree. It's almost a blind. Um, I think that's where the bookies start every every summer. Just blindly put Morgan at the top of the the list for the for the favourites to go down. But uh, Stevenage and Grimsby eleven to two, Cambridge six to one, Southend thirteen to two, Barrow, Crawley, and Carlisle seven to one. Uh, Tom, only two available spots for relegation. Um, we know you're very warm on Morecambe. Obviously, Jack is as well. So, uh, who make up your your relegation fancies from League Two and why? Um, it, it's got to be for me. I know we're, we're probably all going to be keen on this team. It's Southend United. I, I mean, a, a lot of people are looking at them and thinking, how are they going to get out of this slump that they're in? Um, they've pretty much lost all their um, senior players. There's a couple still lingering about there, like Sir Timothy Diang. Um, but Stephen Humphreys is wanting to get away. A few teams are after him in League One, and it's it's basically a, an under twenty ones team that they will be playing. And um, 
I don't think the bookies have took that into consideration. Even if they are a good under-21s side, um, they should probably be favourites in this market for me. Um, We've kind of looked into, I think you did a great piece, Mark, on Southend and how they uh, are really struggling financially. Um, Kind of probably they're trying to sell the ground, aren't they? Stuff like that to, Mm. to to get funds up. Uh, to keep them afloat. Um, whenever you hear stuff like this, it, it's quite sad, it, but it's quite disconcerting as well. And I think that the fact that they um, they could probably, especially in this climate, suffer uh, a possible points deduction on top of what I already think about the squad. Um, I think 13 to 2 for relegation, it should be a bit shorter than that. I'd probably have it around 5 to 1. Um, maybe even shorter, but uh, of course, only two teams got down here, and it honestly wouldn't surprise me in League Two, as sad, uh, sad as it is to say that there could be two or three teams that go into financial um, trouble and possibly get points deducted. So it does make it a bit of a minefield. Um, but kind of without knowing that at the minute, I, I would say Southend would be my favourites. Um, but another team that, that's kind of caught my eye recently is Crawley. Um, they've lost, as I mentioned, Kamara, who's gone to Plymouth. I mentioned that in the League One podcast. Uh, he's gone, Besler Bow has gone to Blackpool as well. Uh, Ollie Palmer's gone to Wimbledon. So they're probably their more free, into, uh, influential players. And I think without them, um, I'm struggling to see where where the cohesion is, where the, where the goals are going to come from. Um, they've got quite a quite a young squad, and uh, I've seen them in pre-season uh, when I was looking earlier today. And the manager um, John Yems has has been quite um, quite offish with the press, and he, he seems to be quite quite disgruntled uh, with what's going on there, and. Whenever you kind of get these vibes in pre-season, it's got to set alarm bells ringing. And um, Crawley, yeah, that's seven to one for relegation, and um, that that is tempting. I can I can see them probably dropping down and really struggling without them three key players. Um, there's a few other teams down there that I think might underachieve, Scunfort possibly, um, and Colchester, both with untried. Uh, managers in Neil Cox and Steve Ball. I mean, we we haven't seen what they're capable of. They might be brilliant managers, but again, it, it's two teams that have kind of lost key players. They, they don't look cohesive to me. I mean, Colchester did get into the playoffs. Uh, they were very good last year, but they've what they've lost sights of Newblair and Luke Prosser. Uh, Ryan Jackson's gone to Gillingham as well, so they've lost a few of their key players. Um, but I think they've got a few good players coming through their academy. I think they'll see them surf, to be honest. I, I really like Kwame Poku, uh, who's a youngster who's coming through there. He, he's destined for bigger things. Um, but I just think at the prices, yeah, Crawley at 7-1 to one and Southend at 13-2 to two would be my um, two angles in on this. Yeah, Southend, who um, we went live at the League Two piece uh, last Friday. They were 10 to 1 on Bet Victor, which was uh, a massive price, really, when you consider everything that's going on behind the scenes there. I think they're still under a soft embargo, so, you know, players can't come in until players go out. Um, there's been sort of winding up petitions about them. It's been adjourned for a third time. That's coming up in mid September as well. They still owe money to HM Revenue and Customs. Uh, I do like the coach. I think they took too long in appointing him, but uh, the, the signs from Mark Mosley sound quite promising, really. He was uh, on the Bournemouth books, has plenty of contacts in the game and obviously worked uh, worked wonders really with Weymouth, but it's a big step up for him in a, in a really difficult role. So you wonder if he's if he's chosen the right club at the right time because that squad is, is really thin, lacking experience, leaders and numbers, and uh, it's going to be really difficult, and especially if Stephen Humphreys, who is definitely angling for a move away at the moment, it's going to be really tough, and um, I noticed this morning that uh, Bet Victor have cut that price from ten to one to four to one uh, in the space of a few days. So uh, much more kind of where we expected probably Southend to be in the relegation tier. Uh, just for me, I think Oldham are probably fair enough at the prices. I still think actually, despite what I said earlier, there's a bit of five to one still about with Bet Victor. Um, you know, just a, another club who have the potential to capitulate really with 
an erratic ownership and players haven't been paid on time earlier this year. Uh, that sort of stuff, winding up petitions as well, you know, it's it's all kind of paints a, a quite a precarious picture, really quite an unstable and uncertain club. Uh, Harry Kuehl obviously stepping into the breach now as well. I think he's friends with the owner as well. So he had a really unhappy time with Notts County uh, when they had a, you know, good backing at this level as well. So a few alarm bells there. I think they've signed really well, actually, though, Oldham. So it might be a, a case of off the field shenanigans kind of superseding anything that happens on the field there. But uh, I think Oldham are always one who should be there or thereabouts in terms of the relegation picture. And you mentioned them briefly there, Tom, as well. South, uh, sorry, not South then, Scunthorpe at 10 to 1 still. Uh, Mark Cox, unproven head coach. There's still quite some some good vibes around the club uh, and around the local area because himself and Mark Lillis are, are Scunthorpe born and bred. So the fans obviously see them as, as local heroes, if you like. Uh, but uh, he's got a really big task on his hand. Um, quite an underperforming squad who have regressed year on year now for a while since they were towards the top end of the League One table. Uh, I was quite surprised looking back on the last year. They ended up 20th in the table, which was really poor, averaging just around a, a point per game. So you don't need to, to lose a lot more of that to, to be you know, right down in the doldrums, the bottom eight in terms of all the, the major performance data metrics as well. And uh, you know the squad is really young. I think there's only two players over the age of 25, Jordan Clark and, and Kevin Van Veen, both of which are injured at the moment. And I think the Van Veen injury could really be key here. He's, uh, I'm not sure what the prognosis is, but last week I did read uh, he's got to have surgery on a knee injury and could be out until Christmas, uh, which you know could be catastrophic, really. And they have got players like Alex Gilead and, and Abdo Isa who could certainly pull up a few trees, but uh, I look at that squad and it's worrying lack of numbers, worrying lack of, of leaders, of senior pros, of muscle even as well, which uh, I think you need at this level too. So uh, I think the, the only real positive for me at the moment with Scunthorpe is the ownership of Peter Swan, who has come in for plenty of criticism in his time, uh, probably thinking a little bit beyond his, what he's capable of achieving with the club. But uh, I know the new stadium is back on track at the moment, but uh, financial issues shouldn't be a, a major concern there. But uh, Scunthorpe, for me, at the double-figure price, stand out. Um, I, I tweeted out last week as well that the last seven completed League Two campaigns, a team of 10 to 1 or bigger, has suffered relegation from League Two. So... Scunthorpe and Southend at 10s were the ones that stood out. Southend have been cut significantly since. But uh, I know, Jack, you also wanted to talk about them. So uh, tell us about your relegation fancies. Yeah, I think we can't really avoid Southend. I mean, like you say, the, the 10 to 1 price was absolutely massive. And you know, it's a shame that's not still available. If you, but if you can get 13 to 2, I think there's still a, a bit of value there. Um, just because of the financial situation and... The, the, how young the squad is as a result. Um, you know, you mentioned Mark Mosley did a terrific job at, at Weymouth, um, and I think he'll do his his very best to, to to keep them in the league. But you know, he's got a very different job on his hands here as the, that he had um, down on the south coast, where you know the momentum was was very positive, and now he's coming into a club where the mood is is very very different. So you know, they conceded eighty five goals. In 35 games last season, albeit in in League One, but um, you know, with no funds to to improve the squad and, and soft embargo, you know, not strengthened at all. Um, as Tom mentioned, Stephen Humphreys is attracting interest from from League One, so it wouldn't surprise me if he left before um, before the end of the, the window, um, which is going to leave a lot of responsibility on on the likes of, of Charlie Kelman. You know, he's 18 years old; he's a talented player, but um, when you're putting that much uh, on on the shoulders of, of young players, it's yeah they may have one or two games where they they cause an upset, but over the course of the season, I wouldn't really have too much confidence in them uh, being able to do enough to to keep them in the division. And she mentioned they they played uh, paid the players late a couple of times last year, um, so you know points deduction, further sort of financial penalties is you know could well be possible. They got a uh, a suspended uh, points deduction from the league back in June for paying the players late a couple of times and also uh, filled in uh, an ineligible player uh, one of the games last season. So uh, you know they're already on on sort of the last warning, if you like, from from the football league. So any any more uh, breaches of the rules, then then they could well get a points deduction. So. Yeah, thirteen to two. If you can still get it, I think is a, a smidgen of value. And and, and Oldham, like you mentioned as well, 
Um, situation there is just a bit of a mess, to be honest with you. The ownership um, very erratic since since he's, they've come in. Um, recruitment's been not much better, although I think it's been has slightly improved this summer. Yeah, they brought in a lot of foreign imports last year. Um, experimentation with the manager didn't really work. Um, and this time around, I'm not really convinced by Harry Kuehl, to be honest. Like you say, he's, he's sort of mates with the the owner, but um, I, I don't think he did a, a very good job at Crawley. Um, yeah, tactically very questionable. Um and yeah, play play again. Played the uh, played the players late a couple of times during last season. So, you know, again, points deduction could could well come into things and and um, certainly drag them down the table even more than than I think that their their young squad may well finish up in. Um, like I say, they've added a couple of uh, good signings: Cameron Paulfoot Jackson and Carl uh, Pierre Gianni, I think it is uh, from from Salford. But I don't think it's enough. Um, and I think they're going to find it tough over the course of the season. Uh, although, and although it's only two places in, in League Two, I think I think five to one is is uh, something that's that's uh, worth a little bit of money on. I think so. Yeah, th- those are my two favourites. But yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't turn anyone off the the Crawley selection that um, that Tom picked out um, eight to one with Bet Victor, which is interesting price um if you watch john yem's interview from from the other day it was quite hilarious to be honest <laughs> if you just give him one word answers he doesn't seem a very um happy camper there and uh in a bit of a bit of a strange appointment if i'm honest with you considering uh considering his background he was doing uh scouting work for quite a while so um be surprised if he lasts too much longer there considering uh considering his body language. Um, so, yeah, I think they could well get dragged into it, uh, factoring that in and, and the and the players they've lost as well. But, yeah, Oldham and Southend are my, my two favourites for the drop. Good stuff. So we've got all three of us uh, on the same Southend train. Uh, Jack and I like Oldham. Um, two sort of votes for Crawley tw- as well at 8-1 to one and Scunthorpe at 10. So plenty of nice prices about. We're going to move on to the, the top goal scorer market now. No real surprise to see Owen Doyle uh, at the top of the market at seven to one. He hacked up last year in the division. Uh, miles and away the best striker in, in League Two. Uh, Ian Henderson is ten to one after his move from Rochdale to Salford, dropping down a division. Then you got James Vaughan, Nicky Maynard at sixteens. Uh, I could go on, but uh, I'm going to throw it straight over to Tom, who wrote the piece for the Wheeler Betting preview, uh, to share his favourite fancies if they've changed, if they've not, and uh, the reasons why. Um, no, they've not really changed. I mean, the prices have come in on a couple of them. Um, probably my favourite fancy here. It's, it's it's a bit of a flyer um, because he hasn't played too much football, but I've seen quite a bit of him. And it, it's a lot of Leighton Orient Rule Sotirio, who is a Cyprus under-21 international. Um, he was on loan at Dover for, for about a month. And I can remember seeing him score the winner against Southend in an FA Cup game that was televised. Um, and then I just thought, he, he looks decent. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of track him and see what he's about. And uh, he, when he came back to Leighton Orient, they, they decided to kind of give him a go. And I think he scored around one in two uh, record in about 13, 14 games he played. Um, looked really lively. And he's, he's a player that I think... We'll have a breakthrough season. Um, I'm kind of convinced myself about it, to be honest. And um, he actually signed a new two-year deal uh, a couple of weeks ago um, at Leighton Orient, and there, there was a lot of rumours about him possibly going to Peterborough. Um, and whenever you see Peterborough linked with a striker, uh, a young striker, you've got to be kind of taking notice um, because they obviously know what they're doing in the recruitment team there. I do think he'll move up the ladder um, probably next year. I do hope he stays all season for this bet. Um, but he, he was available um, 100 to 1, I think he was. Um, and that's been chipped in. Uh, the best price now is 66 to 1. We bet 365. Um, around 40 to 1 in most places, which is a, a real a real chop. I'd probably have him around 40 to 1, 30, 33 to 1, 40 to 1 personally. But he's a player that, I've, when I've watched him, he, he can score different types of goals. Again, he's a player who 
He's only 20 years old, but he's really physical. He can bully defenders. Uh, you know, the physicality of Lee 2 is not going to be a problem for him at all. Um, his finishing is deadly. He's got a really powerful strike on him. Um, he's also good at kind of creating space for himself in the box. So a lot of the people that we've talked about in these top goal scorer previews, I, I want to see what they're like in the box. So what's the, what's the movement like? How they're going to anticipate knockdowns and stuff like that? And he's looked really, uh, really adept at that. He doesn't look like a 20-year-old at all. And um, yeah, I'm expecting Leighton Orient to probably be around the mid-table side this season. Um, but I think he could be the star of the league, if I'm honest. And uh, the likes of Jordan Maguire-Drew, who's there, who, who's got a really good record um, at kind of creating chances. Uh, I know a lot of the people who deal with data analytics really like what Maguire-Drew's about and um, James Dayton as well. Uh, so they've got a bit of quality there in midfield to supply him. Um, because he's been given that contract, I was looking at uh, what the manager Ross Embleton was saying about him and um, it was all pointing towards him being the main man this season up front um, I can see why the more he plays the more his value is going to go up um, and that's going to be massive for League 2 teams especially um, if they can play the good young players and they perform then teams who actually have the money could keep these teams afloat and um, it'd be stupid if they didn't start him um, it's it's just got it all for me, and uh, I still think he's a bit of value at sixty six to one each way. Um, uh, as I said, when he when he has come in, he has scored uh, towards the end of last season, and he's he was a hundred to one, and that was a massive fancy of mine. Um, I, I got on him then twenty quid each way, so hopefully he can do something decent for us there. Uh, the other couple that I like is Alfie May that. Um, We've mentioned before, Jack mentioned Cheltenham. I obviously think Cheltenham will go well. Um, we talked about their very stout defence, but they're going to have to do a bit more going forward this season if they're wanting to make that step up into the automatic places. And May came in um, in January from Doncaster. Um, kind of moved out far for the player that we mentioned in the week. One preview, Okuna Bahere. So he, he's going to... Um, really perform well at this level for me. He's a League One player, in my opinion. Um, really good at pressing again. He, he's a nuisance. Um, he likes to put himself about. He's not a big lad, but he you know, he, get, he get, gets up defenders' asses, and I think that he's going to have a really uh, influential role in Cheltenham this season. And uh, He's now 50-1. to one. He was 66-1. to one. Um, 50-1 to one with Skybet's best price at the minute. I do like that. Uh, two other players that I like, um, I know you like Warsaw, Mark, you mentioned earlier, and the player that I was looking at on the, um, the kind of player performance metrics and stuff like that uh, a couple of weeks ago is Alaya Adebayo, who's up front for Warsaw, and he he kind of got into positions where he should have probably scored more, um, and I think that Last season would have done him good. He's quite a young player. I think he came from Bristol City, if I'm if I'm mistaken. And he um he's a really athletic striker. He gets into the box. He's, he's quite rangy, so he's got some height about him. But he's pacey as well. Um, he's got a lot to his game, I think. And if he can improve his finishing, <laughs> which is key for this market, I've got to admit, I think the fifty <laughs> to fifty to one with Betfred each way could be uh, an interesting play as well. And just one more is for my team, Bradford is uh, Curtis Guthrie, who's eighty to one. He, he's held at that price. Um, I just think that the way that McCall's playing this season, it's it's very attack minded, and Guthrie seems to be getting the nod in pre season. He played against Bolton, did really well, um, and I think with the likes of Billy Clark coming in, um, I think he was the chief creator for Grimsby last season. He's back at the club. Uh, the fans like him. Connor Wood on the left-hand side, one of the best deliverers of a ball in the league. Um, and ju- just the way that McCall's talked about playing, I mean, he's, he's openly said that they'll they'll happily win 4-3 rather than 1-0. And, and that bodes well for a team uh, that you fancy to go well in the goal-scoring 
Charts and Guthrie was like the first choice striker to me. It was Lee Novak who got my score sheet the other day, but Guthrie was the, the standout in that game for me, and he he's looking like a new player. I actually put him up last year for Stevenich at the same price. He's in a much better team here at Bradford, I think, and um, 80 to one is just a bit too big for me. I mean, if he can get off to a flyer, he will keep his place, and uh, you're getting a really big price there. So. Couple of players: Sotiriu for Leighton Orient, Alfie May for Cheltenham, Adebayo for Walsall, and Guthrie for Bradford. Play them all each way. I think I'm pretty confident one of them will play. To be honest with you, Matt. Great stuff. Always, Always nice to have some, have some big prices to cheer on throughout the season. So, uh, your turn now, Jack. Any value in the top goal scorer market in League Two? I think Tom's found uh, some some great value selections. Uh, he mentioned one of the ones that I really like. Uh, Big price, Alfie May, 50 to 1 at Skybet. It just seems far too big for a side that we're all expecting to do pretty well at Cheltenham. Um, yeah, six goals in 12 games uh, after he signed there. Um, I think he's, you know, be one of the one of the best strikers at this level, in my opinion. Um, so, you know, if he can replicate that form um across the season then then he could well go close and you know certainly shouldn't be as big as 50 to 1 um and the only other one that I like is uh, another big price 100 to 1 um is uh, depends on if he if he starts games but um it's Devante Rodney at, at Port Vale um that, that's with bet365 the, the 100 to 1 price he did really well in in his short uh, loan spell at Halifax last season um you know, he's got a lot of pace and a lot of strength, um, which, you know, if they can get him in behind, I think uh, he can be a, a real threat. Um, you know, didn't sort of get a huge amount of opportunities um, when Salford made a step up, so hence his, hence his loan moves. But, you know, if, if he can uh, rediscover that form from his loan spells, then I think that, that price may just be a bit too big, particularly under, um, you know, the coaching of, of John Askey, who I think is, uh, you know, a, a good uh, good gaffer at this level. And he's got a good team around him as well, and also who also helped Rodney out. Um, so, yeah, 100 to 1, I, I think, is, is, is a big uh, big price and a, and a good each way shout. I was I was looking around at um, the Mansfield strikers, but, you know, they've got so many of them, I'm not entirely sure who's mm-hmm. actually going to start, if I'm honest with you. So, um you know, maybe worth uh, looking at. You know, see who they start with in the first couple of games, and then and go from there. If if the prices are uh, still available, because they've got they've got a lot of attacking talent there, and and like you mentioned earlier, they should have a good season. I expect them to be uh, in the mix for the top three. So uh, if they can find the right combinations at the top end of the pitch, one of those, uh, one of the their strikers could well uh, be at the top of the charts coming into the season. Great stuff. So we've got five big prices there in League Two for the top goal scoring market and two votes for Alfie May at 50-1. to I uh, certainly have some each-way interest there myself. Um, before we call it quits, let's just uh, cover off any other business from you both. So any bets or selections you've not been able to mention just yet, now's the time. Tom? Yeah, there's one that kind of follows on for what, what I said. Obviously, I'm, I know Bradford City better than most and I try and take out... Um, fan bias completely when I'm looking at betting and, and I'm actually a, quite a pessimist when it comes to uh, looking at uh, the Bantams but I've got to admit 18 to 1 on us being the highest scoring team in the league um, I think it's a bit too big in my opinion I think um, obviously a lot of people will be looking at the likes of Mansfield in this market given the, the raft of strikers they have um, but they're they just haven't shown enough for me last season, um, especially going forward as, as what what they can actually do. I know they've got a lot of strikers there, but um, it could be a case of like too many cooks spoiled the broth for them. And uh, although a lot, of, a lot of Bradford fans have been quite um, quite annoyed with how we've gone about our business this summer, I think it, it's a bit harsh. Um, we do need another striker. We've got three in at the minute. Um, but McCall's he's already said that he, he wants two or three more bodies in. One of them will be a striker, no doubt. And um, just just the way that he's spoken in pre-season, I've, I've listened to a lot of what he said in fans fans forums and stuff like that. And he he's quite a 
he's happy to go for it. I think that he he can afford to do that as well with him being like a, a big Bradford legend, of course. Um, if it kind of goes wrong, fans are, are happy to still back him. They were very annoyed when he got sacked on his second occasion. Um, and I, I just think that the way that we're playing, we're going to go with a 5-3-2, it looks like. And it, it seems to be suiting the players. We've got class in midfield with Callum Cook and Elliot Watt, who can supply a lot of uh, assists. Cook can chip in with a few goals as well. McCall's talked about getting him further forward. Uh, Watt is really good over set pieces as well. And I mentioned Billy Clark back. I think we, we didn't have a player like that last, last season, and he can really link that midfield with our attack. Um, you've got really, really good left-back with Connor Wood. I think he'll be the best in the league this season and probably get a, a move to a bigger club at some point. Um, we've got the likes of Dylan Motley-Henry who can come in and, and provide pairs. Sally Ishmael, Harry Pritchard popped up with a goal. So he's wanting to get midfielders into the box as well, um, as well as the centre-forwards. But he, he's looking to get crosses in, and we've got three big strikers um, who can all... Um, kind of deliver when it goes into the box. And I, I'm quite optimistic, strangely, about Bradford this season. I think, I think that um, a lot of people are kind of writing them off. They're putting them kind of 10th and 11th in their previews. But it, it is a very poor league, and I'm, I'm looking at who are the teams who are going to be scoring the goals, and there's not many that stand out to me. So, yeah, at 18-1, to 1, uh, the band tends to be the highest scoring team with Skybet. Um Look uh, a bit too big to me. I'm going to have a couple of quid on that myself. Interesting. I was going to say, it's, we've been talking for a long time and it's very strange not to even mention Bradford in a League 2 anti-post preview. So mm. good to get a few mentions in there. Um, over to you, Jack. Anything you've you've seen or you haven't had a chance to, to shout about just yet? I was going to say to Tom, it's not nice uh, feeling that optimistic about your own team, is it? <laughs> it feels like it always could always go uh, badly wrong. But... Um, the only uh, the only thing I'd, I'd encourage, and I've not really found uh, a price to to get them on side. Yeah, I think Port Vale uh, will have a good season. Um, you know, the new owners came in there, and, and they've completely transformed the perspective there. Really, they're, they're a bit quirky, um, but you know, the, they love the club and, and the, the whole uh, structure in the club, and the whole fans seem to be behind them. You know, real united front and. You know that that I think is a, is always a key to its success. If you can you can get everyone on the same page and and uh, behind the same sort of vision, then uh, then then you're onto a good thing most most times. Um, you know I, me- I mentioned Avanti Rodney earlier. I think they've got some players in that squad that have got a lot of potential and you know maybe have underperformed in previous years that that can step up. Um, and they kept most of the squad together that finished just just one point outside the playoffs um, last season. So I think they've got to be within, within, a, within a shout. Um, and I mentioned John Askey as well, who I think he's done a, doing a really solid job there and, and the support team he's got in place. So if you can shop around and find uh, a bit of value to, to get them on side, I'd, I'd highly encourage it because I think they, they will have a, a good season and, and maybe even finish in, in that playoff place that they, they narrowly missed out on uh, last season. Yeah, I, I also think Port Vale will go pretty well this season. The likes of David Worrell and David Amu on the flanks and Theo Robinson coming in as well to to ease that kind of reliance on, on Tom Pope, who's not getting any younger and keeps racking up the suspensions of his uh, social media outposts, posts, I should say. So um, now to the part of the show where I think everyone wants to hear. It's uh, your naps and your next best, your, your best bet and your second best bet from, from the League Two market, any of the markets. Um, I'm going to ask you, Tom, first, what's your, your nap and your next best? Yeah, my nap is Markham to be finishing in the top half at 72. Um, yeah, I'm mad keen on that. Um, it's, it's a poor league, to be honest. You don't really have to be good. Um, a lot of people are, are seeing them for being quite a small club, but um, everything's in place there for them to have a good season, in my opinion. So that will be my nap at 72. Uh, my next best... With regret, it would have to be self end for relegation. I still think thirteen to two is a price. I'd, I'd have it around five to one, if not shorter. And um, just given that it's going to be a youth team for them, isn't it? And there's a real worry that they could 
coming for another points deduction, um, which would be sad. But we've seen so many um, double relegations in the AFL that it's not a surprise anymore. So, yeah, um, with regret, it would be Southend 13-2 for relegation as my next best. And over to you, Jack. Yeah, Southend to be relegated at 13-2. That'll be my nap. Um, and next best to be Cheltenham to be the top 17 at 4-1 to one with Skybet. Superb stuff. I've really enjoyed the show, guys. We've had some great insights some fantastic bets and some real value at big prices as well, which is what we want. Uh, that's been the, the Wheeler Betting Podcast in association with Gambler, done and dusted. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please do check out our thoughts on the Premier League, the Championship and League One ahead of the new season, uh, which we have dropped now. Uh, should all be live on Wednesday afternoon at the very latest. Thanks very much for your time. Do let us know if you've enjoyed the podcasts or if you haven't, obviously, too. We're keen to learn and improve if we do this again sometime soon. Um, and, of course, best of luck with your best anti-post bets. So from me, it's goodbye. Thanks, Tom. Cheers, man. I really enjoyed it. And cheers to you as well, Jack. Cheers, Mark. Thanks, guys. Chat soon.